Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it if you can. Leave us a review, it really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out, definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's up, everybody? Episode 115 this week, and we're going back to our book club review. Um, One thing that's really exciting that I like about working at Pace and with all the uh, health professionals and in the setting that I get to work with, um, there's some awesome books and recommendations that I get. So one of the recommendations was this book called The End of Alzheimer's, and it's by, let me make sure I'm going to have his name correct because I don't want to screw up the name, by Dr. Dale Bredesen. And the concept of the book is not only addressing Alzheimer's at the onset point and saying, okay, how can we delay or prolong the effects, but the preventative measures and approaches that you can take for someone that's, let's say, prior to getting diagnosed or even having Alzheimer's or even being on the radar and just wanting to make sure you can take preventative steps, whether it's genetic, um, you know that it's been in your family or there's certain environmental factors that you see that you're predisposed to or anything along those lines, but also reversing the cognitive decline. So whether it's quote unquote delay or actually enhancing your brain with the onset of Alzheimer's or even prior to that happening. So that was a really long roundabout way of basically saying that he's addressing it from a multiple angle uh, approach. And the really cool thing I like about it is it's not just theory. They have peer-reviewed studies that have been able to confirm and apply what he's talking about and his quote-unquote recode or the the Bredesen protocol, whichever you want to call or look at, you can look at the links below. I made sure um, for those that are listening just on the podcast, I highly recommend clicking on the link over to our blog because I went in more detail, took some videos. I embedded some different bits of content um, just to give you even more insight into it. So if you don't want to necessarily just get the book without having more info and this audio doesn't do enough for you, we also went over just some more touching points that that he goes over and some takeaways that even if you don't read the book itself um, and you just wanted a nice highlight and summary, there's some actionable steps that you can take. And those are things that I really want to focus on specifically for this podcast, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Dr. Bredesen for the book, the quality of the book. Um, thank the staff at Pace for Mission Health for, for recommending this. And I'm really excited about the takeaways to it because it's actionable things you can do today, not things that, and some of it, there's actually some items where you have to do either blood work or get test results. And that's maybe going to take a little bit, but there's also some factors that you can implement, like I said, right now, today, starting right away. So before we jump into more details on that, quick little sponsor shout out. As always, thank you to Audible and Amazon. The beautiful thing about that sponsorship, it allows you guys to actually save. So if you've never signed up for Audible yet, I highly recommend take advantage of our membership deal where you can get 30 days for free. You can download a book. I highly obviously recommend this one if you're listening to this podcast and if you haven't gotten it already, or if you already have Audible, just 
get this book. It, it's an awesome one, or you can get it on Amazon as well if you want to use it on your Kindle, anything like that. And that's pretty much it for that. Check the other shout outs and sponsors below. We've got some really cool announcements coming up, by the way, for the next couple of podcasts, but we'll get to that when that comes up. And as always, check the shop, check the blog. Check our social media at The Life of a Fighter. We got a lot of awesome stuff going on. Constantly things coming out. The Kawhi Fit plans, we're pumping out more plans. So check out our links there on the shop with Kawhi Fit. And that's pretty much it. So again, going back into the end of Alzheimer's, the book, the one thing I will say, and I did read some reviews prior to purchasing, and I thought they were pretty accurate. A lot of five stars. There was a couple of three stars that were basically getting to the idea that it's very wordy. It's very uh, scientific or at least... Ah, what's an easier way to put it? It's dense, let's say. Um, And the one thing they didn't include with this, especially for Audible, is a PDF, which is usually what I like to see with a a book that downloads that has a lot of information coming at you and a lot of actionable steps and also links. He, He lists a lot of links and sources. It doesn't actually provide a PDF that would just have the clickable link because once you start getting to whatever the address is, slash and then colons and then forward slash and then dash and you know it it gets too much so that's why i also like (coughs) the fact that i was able to snip it or snip in some links here and some different bits of information so it just makes it a little bit easier to act on these things and the protocol itself was interesting because and and what he said in the book i thought was really interesting because i always thought it was maybe a one or a two attack point problem meaning that Okay, we know it's a beta amyloid plaque issue where the plaque builds up around the neuron or, and prevents it from firing and actually decays and then eventually it'll die and there it includes the, the bigger problem. But it's not just a beta amyloid plaque buildup problem. There's multiple factors and he cited 33 problems and factors and things you will have to address simultaneously to achieve what the outcome is that you would like either stopping uh, Alzheimer's from happening or reversing effects that have already taken place and to what extent that's truly possible, that's also to be seen because once those cells are actually dead, they're gone. But you can also uh, create new synapse firing, um, I'm sorry, synapse connections, uh, fire new synapse and different pathways. So that's another intriguing thing that's not from this book specifically, but from other books I've read and some information that I've seen that you can also have the parts of your brain that let's say have been damaged or maybe aren't being used for whatever reason, whether it's a neurological connection issue or whether there's a degenerative disease going on, you might be able to actually turn on different parts of your brain to take over and pick up the slack because the brain is very adaptive and it can evolve and it can change and it can be pretty malleable with the situation that's going on. That's why you can see someone have a a rod basically go through their head and they can talk and they can move, but maybe they're a little bit more emotional, depending on what obviously part of the brain it hit and where it went through. It's gonna have different impacts. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent. But again, we look, and that's one of the things I listed here is with the protocol, what you're going to have to simultaneously address and what he's addressing in the book. And just some of those factors are we're looking at inflammation, toxicities that are coming in through diet and other forms, um, insufficient uh, neurotropic factors. That's a really big one, especially for mood. Then talking about hormone balance, gut health. That's been a huge topic that now we're realizing has so much, excuse me, of a connection to everything that we're doing. Genetic errors, whether that's a very vague kind of description, but you'll see when you actually go into it a little bit more, uh, nutrient deficiencies. So micronutrient deficiencies specifically like vitamins and minerals, that's going to be a really big one that most people, and I really didn't 
fully kind of understand and really put uh, emphasis on until the last like three to five years, especially for me, whether it was an athlete or performance, I always looked at my macronutrient ratios, my, my calorie intake and being like, all right, those are the big numbers I care about, which are still important, but I could be hitting my macros and hitting my calorie intake. But if there's no real nutrients in the food I'm eating, as far as vitamins and minerals, there's a huge chunk of that that's missing. That's going to be required for your body. You either make up for supplementation or you're going to hurt your performance and other things going on in your body. So I thought that one was a really, really big takeaway. And the biggest one for me that I emphasize to everyone, regardless if you're worried about Alzheimer's or just whatever it is about your life that you want to improve, these lifestyle factors of poor sleep, lack of energy and exercise, high stress, and a poor diet that's specifically rich in sugar, all things that are big lifestyle factors he's addressing here that we all want to address not just for the Alzheimer's, like I was saying, but for any goal you're going to have, whether it's to perform better at work, perform better as an athlete, feel better as a person, stabilize your mood, live longer, be better, whatever it is you're going to do, those things need to be done because those are hindering every single bit of your life one way, shape, or form. Okay, So that was a really, really big takeaway. And now let's look at some of those actionable steps I was talking about. So whether it's lowering our sugar intake with a low glycemic diet, where basically that means glycemic diet or low glycemic or glycemic index, if you hear those words being thrown around, it's talking about sugar and it's talking about the effect that sugar has on our body's blood sugar levels, how quickly they're getting converted into blood sugar, and then also an insulin response that's thereafter going to take place. So we want to make sure that obviously we're not creating insulin sensitivity. Well, I'm sorry, insulin resistance. We want to increase our insulin sensitivity, which ultimately has a bunch of other factors and touching points. That's really awesome. And part of that too is um, fasting for 12 hours each night. That's another way we can do immediately like tonight. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to stop eating at six and then eat again at six in the morning. It just kind of works on what works with your schedule, what's realistic for your lifestyle. And then on top of that, try and do it as early as possible because the earlier you can get start fasting at night, the earlier you can wake up and eat. But again, like someone like me, I'm really up until like 12 o'clock, at least 11 o'clock is the earliest I go to bed any night, more than likely, because I'm either training till eight or nine o'clock at night. And I like to eat right afterwards, even if it's a low, low uh, glycemic meal, just to get some food in, especially my proteins, my amino acids, um, and then the vitamins and my, minerals, like micronutrients, that's really big. So whether it's a salad, some chicken, eggs with uh, some vegetables mixed in or an omelet, a shake. But sometimes I will even have a higher carb meal and then I want to allow myself more time to rest and digest before I'm going to bed and then my metabolism's dropping off a big portion. So I'll try and at least give myself two hours of being awake before I'm going to bed to digest whatever the meal is. And then on top of that, I want to fast 12 hours from that last meal. So if I ate at practice is done at 8.39. Let's say I get back at 9 after showering and all that stuff. I'm eating 9, 9.30. So 9.30, I start my fast. I'll still be up for another two hours. So I'll be up to about 11.30. Maybe I'll go to bed by 12, be up at 7. And that's a big part that's going to touch on another acting point of sleeping eight hours a night, which right now I'm getting at about 7. So I'm trying to either do one of two things, sleep later to 8 or go to bed a little bit earlier depending on my training session. So I'm trying to shift that back a little bit. If I can, it's kind of working within the schedule I have right now. Um, so I think the real answer is going to be just try and sleep till 8 o'clock, which seems like, oh man, you're sleeping pretty late. But again, I'm emphasizing on my schedule. That's how it's going to work. And then again, pretty much I'll be able to eat at 9.30 because I started fasting at 9.30 at night. So really, I'm waking up at 8. I'm only going an hour and a half without eating anything. I, I even drink coffee. I kind of don't 
count that as breaking fast, even though technically metabolically it's breaking the fast. But as far as our insulin sensitivity, it shouldn't really have a negative impact. So I still kind of adhere to those 12 hours. And um, I think that's a really important part of it that's been beneficial for me. Then ultimately, they're talking about reducing stress levels, especially chronic stress. That's our big, big problem in almost everybody's life to one way, shape, or form. I'm looking at exercise, uh, exercising anywhere from a minimum of two hours a week, however you want to break that up four days, five days, six days, three days, whatever. But the, really the minimum should be like four days a week that you're moving and exercising for 30 minutes a day. That's your two hours. Or going all the way up to six hours a week, which would be 60 minutes, uh, six days a week. And you can do any variation of that in between. And if you go over a little more like I definitely do from training and skill training and athletes, that's going to be different. You're going to be working out twice a day, um, five, six days a week, depending on where you're at. If you're in a fight camp, if you're in an event, uh, building peak phase if you're in season all these things can factor into that off season what you're doing recovery but even when you're completely let's say if you're an athlete and you're completely out of season you're just trying to recover being active 30 minutes a day shouldn't be a bit, that's an easy walk in the morning or hiking all those things count just moving and getting circulation those are all beneficial ideally also i like to do new things and new activities because that this doesn't directly um relate to the exercise portion of it but just it causes you to have to activate different parts of your brain, which is beneficial, whether it's activating the hippocampus, which is going to be a huge benefit for a lot of different reasons. But new activities tend to to stimulate that hippocampus, which is awesome. Um, So I try and do whether it's new combos for fight purposes or new skill sets, like trying to go to dance class or doing yoga or let's say playing, I don't know, thinking of random things, going to golfing, anything new, playing ping pong, trying to do things like that really, really beneficial. Now we're going into some, some micronutrients. Again, talking about vitamins, B12 is a big one. And where we want our levels at, greater than 500 units, especially for an impact, not just, they're talking about cognitive decline, but in cognitive performance, but also just for energy. B vitamins have been hugely connected and, and really obvious, pretty pretty apparent now and pretty commonly known that the B vitamins are important for our energy levels, but I constantly like to emphasize that. And then going into some more supplementation, looking at acetylcholine, looking at DHA, uh, probiotics, antioxidants, all these great things. Um, There's plenty more in the book itself, and it really, really goes into detail. But I just wanted to highlight some of the really more actionable ones that I thought were not just going to apply for Alzheimer's, which is obviously what we're talking about. But I like to carry it over to the everyday person that's maybe not even thinking about that maybe you're in college right now and you just want to perform better for finals or you want to just do better and get yourself more situated for work or you're a corporate professional and you just want to enhance performance and ultimately have more energy when you get home to play with your kids or maybe you're an athlete and you again want to take your your performance to that next level you want to be optimized you want to reduce stress or maybe you are a little bit uh closer to the age where you're going to be getting alzheimer's which that's another thing too we associate so much of alzheimer's with higher ages geriatric community, which is obviously very prevalent. But I think that we can't just ignore it in our 20s, 30s, and 40s because that's where we're doing damage too still. It's not like all the damage we did in our 20s, 30s, and 40s is going away. We can at least address it in our 50s and 60s when those fears start to maybe arise a little bit more. But why not be proactive about it now? Because it's not just about, again, we're going to have carryover benefits to all the other parts of our life, but also long-term, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be in my 60s and 70s and not remembering 
everything, not recognizing faces, not remembering people. Like that's one thing I'm also thankful for and working in the, in the atmosphere and environment that I do. You kind of see on a day and not kind of, you see on a, I see on a daily basis, the impacts of Alzheimer's, of, of Parkinson's, of neurodegenerative issues and diseases of dementia, just as a whole, all these different things and, and how it impact impacts, not only you and the individual, but also how it impacts families and impacts the community and impacts even the professionals there. You know, it, it, it's a whole entire umbrella that it's covering is the impact that it has. So why not just take a little bit of ownership of it? Because there's certain things you can never really avoid if it's from a genetic standpoint. You can't obviously do too much about who your parents are and, and so on and so forth. But what you can control is what you put into your body, the environment you choose to put yourself in, how you choose to deal with stress, if you educate yourself or not. All those things can make a huge impact and obviously make a difference. And that's what I think um, the protocol that Dr. Uh, Bredesen has put together, and that's why I like it so much and I wanna share it because it's actionable. You can do that now. He has a lot of support and information out there. And then in the book, it really breaks it down for you. And then obviously, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice. You should really see a professional or reach out to us. We can help get you in touch with a professional that's in your local area with someone that's in the network of people that I trust and that we work with as a company. And that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, trying to make sure I get under that 20, 25, 30-minute window for you guys, really in that 15, 20-minute sweet spot. I think I just got it. So, again, we got a lot of cool stuff coming out. Um, Hit us up on social media with any kind of stuff you'd like to see us talk about, questions, comments, concerns. Uh, I'm doing more on Quora. That's another, I guess we'll do like a partnership shout out here. We're starting to work more with them. I'm doing more answers, Q&As, and um, yeah, so you'll find that we'll have more questions and answers up on there. So if you have some, follow us on there. I'd love to be able to answer those questions or put up questions and tag people with answers that will have the proper answers and just keep kicking ass and taking names, guys. Yeah, fighters. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free and that is it y'all. See you on the next one.